Hello and welcome to another episode of the SoChat podcast with your hosts, Amy Nettleton and myself, Asif Chowdhury. Say hello for us, Amy. Hello. Uh, today, our guest is Nick Lieb. Uh, Nick is the head of operations at Specialist Affordable Home Ownership Share to Buy and has been involved in shared ownership for over a decade. Uh, Nick works with hundreds of our colleagues in the sector and has played an active part in pushing the shared ownership conversation forward over the years. Nick is also a shared ownership customer himself, so has first-hand experience of the many positives the scheme has to offer. So, Nick, it's a pleasure to welcome you to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Asif. Hi, Amy. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, and you'll notice, if you haven't already, we were talking before we went on air, um, Nick's uh, got a bit of a Sunderland twang, so we were reminiscing on uh, Sunderland and the Northeast and what have you. So, uh, for any fellow Northeastern listeners... Um, we hope you enjoy this episode and reminiscing on home too. Um, and for so, those of you Nick... that don't understand, there'll be a written transcript on the website, as if you said, yeah. <laughs> there will be, there will, but it will include the regional twang in there as well. So Good. before we get into, uh, Amy's going to ask some questions about the episode and what have you, but I've got a couple of getting to know you questions, um, uh, Nick. And so I'm going to kick off with, uh, what does home mean to you? Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's an interesting one because I think it probably means more than one thing to me, really. I think initially, whenever I think of home, it is my mum and dad's house in Sunderland still um, and probably always will be, even when, you know, they've moved on and they're not there anymore. I think, yeah. you know, whenever I talk about going back up to Sunderland, I'm always, it's always, uh, I'm going back home um, and, you know, I've lived, you know, I moved out to Sunderland when I was 18, so without giving the game away too much, that's uh, 22 years since I left. And I've lived in lots of different places. But yeah, I think, you know, it, it's always got that uh, that recognition as home being placed in Sunderland. Um, I think it also means where I live now, which is which is South East London and, and the house that I've been in for seven years. Um, and yeah, as I mentioned, I've kind of jumped around from multiple different properties as a, as a young man. And, uh, you know, at one point when I was living in Manchester, I think I moved on average every six months for about three years um sometimes down to relationship breakdown sometimes down to some, some other elements um but yeah and 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 so having this place where i've been settled for the past few years seven years or so um yeah it, it's been really important and, and you know home is very much you know to kind of talk about the symbolic reason of, of meaning of home is very much you know for me it means that security it means it means kind of being settled somewhere I suppose being free to kind of express yourself within your own space and, and having a bit of a foundation to, to, to live the rest of your life, really. I think home kind of is that rock that so much things are, are built around, really. Yeah, definitely. No, some really nice descriptions there. And, and moving every six months, they say moving is one of the most stressful things you'll do. If you were doing it every, twice a year, Nick, you're a glutton for punishment. So um, Not when you're renting, it's easy. And you just you basically <laughs> whittle down your possessions to nothing when you're renting. So now, now we're moving up. Seven years into it, we've got loads of stuff that we have to move. But when you're doing it every six months, you just yeah. take the clothes on your back and that's it, really. You won't be used to it now. So you've worked in yeah. the housing sector for a while, as you said there. So, but, but why do you work in the housing sector? Yeah, well, I, I guess to go back to that last part of my answer, really, in terms of um, having a foundation and having a, a secure place to live, I, you know, I totally understand that's me talking from a position of privilege and actually... There's millions of people in this country who that is not the experience that they have of housing. Um, so initially, yeah, when I when I got into housing, it was very much because I was I was interested in, in doing something that made a bit of a difference, really. Um, and um, you know, I'm really proud 
to still work in the sector and, and, and work in a sector that, you know, the vast majority of people are working to improve um, the housing of, of people in this country now. The sector doesn't always get it right, and there's millions of, well, there's, you know, dozens of factors and reasons why that is the case sometimes, you know, without getting too political. Housing associations have not always had the, the best support, I would say, from, from the government. Um, and, you know, whether that's indifference or sometimes sort of open hostility, you know, the, the you know, funding comes into a huge part of it. And, and you know, like I say, the sector is not perfect, but the vast majority of people that are working in that are, are trying to improve that. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I guess in terms of why I'm still working in it, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I've kind of slightly changed my roles over the years, but generally speaking, we're still trying to make that difference. And I really, really love the people that we meet in this sector as well. I think we're, we're really lucky in the sector that most people have come into it um, because of what it's trying to achieve, because it's trying to make life better for people. Um, I think that sort of culture sort of runs throughout everybody that I meet within the sector. So, um, yeah. So thanks for that, um, Nick, and a really nice explanation that's what we find with people on the so chat podcast when we ask them that question about why do you work in the housing sector it's really nice to to hear that continuing theme there's a genuine desire to to just help people and improve people's lives so really nice for you to share that with us but uh, on to the matter at hand so amy i'm going to hand over to amy who's got some um questions for you then okay over to you amy thank you very much and it always astounds me that you can be 22 years out of somewhere and your accent is probably still as strong as when <laughs> you lived there um i just love that so it's definitely, uh, it's definitely yeah. not as strong as when i lived there <laughs> i'll tell you that much it's definitely not as strong um so nick obviously you've you've alluded to kind of a little bit of um you know what, what you do and, and your intro with ASIF, but just to give us a brief overview of what your background is and, and what your experience is in, in this sector. Uh, yeah, well, it's probably been about 14 years or so that I've been in the sector now. Um, when I did my first degree, when I left Sunderland, I uh, remember looking through the UCAS form and looking for the the, the course that had the shortest amount of time at university each, each week, and I found English literature. And so I did a, my degree in English literature in Nottingham, and, you know, like I'm sure lots of other people had a great time. And then you come out of university and you're like, all oh, right, OK, like what's next? I haven't prepared at all for what's next. And so um spent a few years kind of working in, in just jobs that didn't really mean anything to me or, or, or have any sort of passion about. Uh, I was at a little bit of a loss, really. I think I didn't, wasn't sure what to do next. And then I was living in Manchester at the time by this point, and um, I read a book by Stuart McCorney. Do you know who he is? He's like a yeah. DJ and like broadcaster. And he had this book called Pies and Prejudice, which was about the North, and it was all about kind of bringing your English literature um, in as well, aren't you? I well, exactly. Doing. It's all it's all linked to me, obviously. <laughs> um, and the book was all about. Uh, was about the north and it was about um because at the time I've gone back to sort of like early early noughties early mid noughties yeah so my final uh, placement at LNQ was in the marketing team um and I was working with uh, Olivia Moss and that was again really good exposure to um seeing everything else that goes around the development so obviously you've got your marketing aspect of it but then you sat in meetings with the development the land teams the neighborhood teams so really getting that sort of more comprehensive um understanding of 
you know what goes into creating these new developments and again it was market and shared ownership so so very much within the, the common theme really um and then while i was working in the marketing team the contract that lnq and first uh, and metropolitan had with the gla came to an end and it was taken over by share to buy and james who was the founder of share to buy um came into lnq and had a meeting with us to discuss what was happening and then a couple of days later he gave me a call and said seen you my name was on some documents from when i worked in the first steps team like before so he was like do you mind if i would you can you meet with me and we'll, we'll have a chat and so i met with him and then at the end of that meeting i was like i don't suppose you need anybody to work for you do you and then he said yeah so that's when i started at share to buy and it's yeah 10 10 years next week that i've been at share to buy so the rest is history i mean exactly I love that. I love also, I've got an affinity with you as well now because you spent a bit of time up in the Midlands and I'm from Leicester. So the fact that you did a few education stints up and around. In the exactly. Le- Leicester's the one I never actually went to, unfortunately. I still well, haven't. Uh... You know, still <laughs> <laughs> Save the best for last. <laughs> still time. There's still time. So with all of that and your kind of knowledge and, and you, you, you touched upon it before, but you've actually, you're you're sat in a shared ownership home now yeah. recording this uh, with us um, and you've bought your own shared ownership property. So ma- a massive advocate, you definitely do walk the walk of what you promote and, and, and your kind of day-to-day life. So how has that kind of worked out for you? So, yeah, the experience that we've had has been really positive um, and we've been really lucky that with the shared ownership property that we've got, we've been able to live in an area of town um, in a nice house that we would never have been able to afford if we were trying to buy it. Um, prior to us getting the shed ownership place, you know, we we've gone through the whole lot of you know the, the, the London renting experience of rats in the loft to crazy neighbours who used to steal my pizza deliveries to um, getting kicked out because the landlord had some friends that he wanted to move in instead. And each time we moved, the, the price of our accommodation going up and up and up and not matched by the experience we were having. So, you know, we, we had that we had a conversation myself and my partner about, well, you know, we if we weren't living in London, we could buy right now. So do we leave London and buy or do we stay in London and, and do shared ownership? And actually it was a bit of a, it wasn't much of a conversation for us. We really wanted to stay. Um, and obviously working in shared ownership, I knew kind of the, the ins and outs as well. Um, so yeah, it's been seven years now and we're, we're actually just about to sell. Um, we're moving on from it and it's put us in a brilliant position for the next place that we buy. Um, so yeah, from my perspective, I haven't had anything really negative to say about our experience of shared ownership. There's been, you know, uh, a few things, particularly in the resale part of things where I think there's still room for improvement and I think there's still some processes and that, that, that can be improved. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, you know, touch wood, if, as long as we sell it in a couple of months, then it's all been yeah, a really good experience. And I think that's really positive as well. The fact like you have been there seven years and um, you can tell from the intro that we had, you're, you're obviously not adverse to moving about. So for you to kind of have your roots settled somewhere for seven years within uh, a home and, and like what we all say and, and what we all kind of really try and preach is that what shared ownership does give you is some kind of stability and security. So for you to have had that for the past kind of seven years is testament to that and like you say, now is enabling you to then make the next decisions for you and, and your partner and your family of, of where those roots lie and and flying back up up north 
um, to kind of go back there. So that's really nice to hear, especially from somebody that's so entrenched in the sector and, and you know, advertising properties and, and being that kind of um, portal element is, is really, really brilliant. So a bit on to that then. So obviously you you kind of um, work for, for Share to Buy. And I think if we ever think of Share to Buy, everyone thinks of you. So you are synonymous with, with Share to Buy. Um, so... <laughs> Um, so tell us a little bit about um, Share to Buy and, and 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 what its purpose is and 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 what you what you try to achieve within the sector. Yeah, well, Share, uh, Share to Buy is a property portal first and foremost. So um, for those that don't know, that means similar to a Right Move, similar to a Zoopla uh, in terms of it's somewhere where somebody can go onto the website, search for properties, and register their interest in those properties. Uh, where we differ from the likes of Right Move and Zoopla is that we focus specifically on the affordable home ownership side of things. Um, share ownership naturally has always been sort of the core uh, product that we've that we've focused on, but also um, we have properties that were available via help to buy, so that's just ended, but also uh, discount market sale, uh, London living rent, intermediate rent, shared equity, et cetera, et cetera. Anything that comes under that sort of broad umbrella of affordable home ownership um, our properties that can that can go on onto our website um, alongside the property portal aspect of it. I mean the you know the kind of ethos that we have or the, or the sort of the, um, the the assumption that we make is that is that you know educated lead is a strong lead is a good lead. Um, so we have lots and lots of information on our portal, um, lots of guides, lots of tools that you can use, all aimed at making those potential buyers more informed. And so by the point that by the time they get to make that inquiry, they've got a much better understanding of their options and what it is that they're actually applying for. Um, obviously, you know, we don't come anywhere near the, the sort of monthly traffic that a right move or a Zoopla would get. And there are shared ownership properties and affordable home ownership properties on those portals. Um, feedback that we often get, though, is that the inquiries that are generated by those portals can often be a little bit uninformed about what they're actually applying for. And sometimes somebody's just done a property search and thinks they've found this very cheap property that nobody else has spotted on the, on the portal, um, not, not understanding that actually that's the share price. Um, so, yeah, so we, we, I mean, we've been going for, I mean, the company itself has been going since the mid-noughties in various different guises. It was originally an online um, mortgage brokers that worked with Britannia, uh, and the reason why I'm telling you this context is because at the time, the, this is pre-credit crunch, so when there was all these wonderful, wild and wonderful um, mortgage offers around, the product that they were working on was for graduates that wanted to buy together, and it could be for up to four graduates buying together. Um, and the name of the products that they used to market the product was Share to Buy. And it was because of that name that they got over the years, they got lots and lots of inquiries from people thinking it was about share ownership. Um, and so... At the beginning of, I think it was 2011, the the first version of a share to buy um, portal existed. It wasn't even really a portal; it was more just a lead gen sort of website. Um, and then 2013 was the first real sort of iteration of the, the share to buy portal. Um, and yeah, here we are, like I said, 10 years down the line. And yeah, I mean, we we you know we've had over the years we've we've generated over I think two and a half million property inquiries for the sector in that time and 
um, we've had over half a million people register on the site over those 10 years. So, yeah. Thanks, Nick. And that's really nice to kind of understand, I suppose, the journey that the name's been on and a bit of a happy coincidence as to how names just become generated. Um, and I suppose just a disclaimer as well, you guys are national and not just London. Um, I think sometimes the preconception is that you are solely just London based. So um, just a, a kind of a reiteration that Share to Buy do operate nationally. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, we, we, we sort of started in London and grew out from there, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And we used to work with the Mayor of London when it was that blonde fella. Um, when it was his first <laughs> steps um, scheme. So yeah, we, that, that was kind of our foot into the industry really was, was the first step stuff that we did in London. And then since then, past five years or six years, yeah, we've really sort of focused on expanding yeah. that out around the country. Okay, cool. So obviously um, Homes England have, well, we've kind of shut down the help to buy agency network and, and, and websites and portals that so many of the providers across the country heavily relied, heavily relied upon for their leads um, and equally was very much the place from a government perspective that shared ownership was um, profiled if you were looking to buy a home or wanted to understand your your government-led options. So how do you think with the, the closure of that network, how do you think that that will affect um, the shared ownership sector? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been really interesting since that, that, that happened, really, and the, the announcement was made, I think, just before Christmas, wasn't it, that that, that, that was the route that, that Homes England were going to go down. Um, it's been yeah, it's been really interesting because we've been doing a lot of outreach in that period of time and before it actually to, to speak to some of the providers that we don't already work with, um, and the news was taken with with a real mix really. There was there was some providers, I'll probably say larger providers that that were a bit um, what's the word sort of a little bit indifferent to the fact that the homes that the help to buy portals were, were going because they already had their own processes, they already had their own sales websites, their own CRM systems. Um, and for them, actually pointing people back to the Help to Buy website to get that registration number was sometimes seen as a bit of an unnecessary step in the process. Um, but having spoken to a lot of smaller providers that we hadn't actually spoken to in the past, um, over the past few months, there's for the smaller providers, um, I don't mean to generalise, but for a lot of the smaller providers that we've spoken to, there was a massive reliance on the Help to Buy portal and a massive reliance on... Um, as a lead generator, but not not only that, as the basically as their CRM system, they would you know they wouldn't even necessarily take the leads out of the help to buy portal and put them elsewhere. They would just use the help to buy backend as their as their place to um as, as to manage the, the leads that they had. Um, so yeah, I mean I think what 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 the sector is going through is similar to what happened in London in I think two thousand and yeah two thousand thirteen. So basically similar to um, the rest of the country, London used to be centrally managed by Homes England, or I don't even know if it was called Homes England back then, but it was centrally managed by government. And at that point, uh, it went over to the JLA. The JLA then looked after the funding for affordable home ownership in, in London. Um, and the JLA kind of did away with all of that extra support around it for the HAs, like the central application form, the yeah. uh, inquiries, the, basically the subsidy bit was taken away and that's when actually Shed Spy came in to deliver it without any subsidy. So it's it's a process that some of us that have been around for a while have, have sort of seen happen before. And I think there's definitely going to be an adjustment period, 100%. 
um, I think there's an adjustment period for the providers to, to, to put the new processes in place. I think there's an adjustment period anywhere with, with potential buyers that were looking for help to buy more so than they were looking for the equity loan, more so than shared ownership. So I think there's an adjustment period where buyers are coming back to shared ownership that might have discounted it in the past. Um, and I do think, you know, that there's still probably some elements of the customer journey that, that as a sector we could look at and, and make improvements on. Um, but I'm optimistic about it. I think it's, you know, I mean, for share to buy, you know, we, we, we've been, been trying to position ourselves as that central portal anyway for the past few years. Um, so with the end of the help to buy portals, um, you know, what we're trying to do is, is, is give the reassurance to the sector that there is still a website you can use. It's still free that will generate lots of leads for you um, and sort of fill that gap that the help to buy agent portals going has left, I think. Um, but yeah, look, it, it, it's early days, isn't it? I mean, what about you, Amy? Have you noticed much on, on your side of things? Yeah, I think, I think you know, from an Asta perspective, we, we've we kind of taken control of um, our lead generation, CRM and lead management and stuff for, for many years now. Um, and, um, but that doesn't take away the fact of how many leads that we would have got through mm. Help to Buy, um, not that we were solely reliant on that. So it definitely will impact us for sure. Um, but we are more prepared, I think, than than maybe some other ones are and and like you say in maybe the the smaller um you know teams that are that are doing sterling work with maybe one or two members mm. of staff and stuff and had that network and it was invaluable um and even invaluable to the bigger ones you know we we got a lot of leads from it um but but we we do have that kind of i suppose backup plan that's always always been running there so i think it will be interesting as well um especially with all of those leads that were pretty much just kind of you know gone away with um how many of those will kind of filter back through and, yeah. and, and search for the product so I suppose that brings me on to my, my last question really which you started to allude to so um you obviously have been through this before in in different guises and different locations so yeah. kind of kind of briefly how how can you guys at share to buy help help people that are listening to this that might still be in the quandary of look we're really struggling we don't know what to do um you know what support is out there how how could share yeah. to buy help in this kind of post um you know help to buy agent world yeah well i think i mean i think it's worth sort of flagging that there is still the, obviously the .gov site as well isn't there that has lots of share ownership information on it um, and then it links out to the different providers in the different areas. But what it isn't is an easy-to-use probably search tool. Um, so generally speaking, at the moment, on SEO, we're, we're, we're tending to come, if you search for shared ownership, you've got the .gov site first, and then generally you've got Share to Buy that comes underneath it. And, yeah, we're there as that, as that property portal that will list all of the shared ownership properties or as many as, as, as people want to list with us uh, in one place um, and easy to find for the for the for the buyers, I mean, generally speaking, if if somebody's in the market to look for shared ownership, they're, they're you know the chances are they're going to come across the share to buy website. Um, I mean, even when the help to buy portals were were running, I mean, over the last twelve months or so, um, if you added up the traffic that those three portals were getting, the share to buy portals still got more traffic than those combined. So, in terms of where the buyers are going, the share to buy portal is there for the providers to get those leads. Um, and it is free to do so. So it's free to put the properties on the site. Uh, it's free to get your leads. Yes, we do have services that we charge for, but they're only as a 
as a discretionary option um, for the providers that we work with. Um, but on top of the leads as well, I think there's there's also some of that market information that the Health Spy Portals used to give as well. Um, and depending on where we are in the country, we've got better data than others. So, so you know, we've always been, like I said earlier, we kind of grew out of London and the South East. So our data for London, the South East, increasingly the South West, East of England is, is really good. We can paint a really good picture of who the buyers are in any particular location, their income levels, their deposit levels, their, uh, their household size, whether they have wheelchair needs, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we collect all of that data and we can make that available to the providers that we work with. Um, if you, the further you get up north in the country, if, you know, the northeast, um, we have fewer people on the database, um, although we're working on that. But so the data becomes a little bit, probably a little bit less um, useful the further north you get. But we're, we're working with, we're working on that at the moment. And actually, since the start of the year, we've added, I think, over 45, 46 new providers to our site that we weren't working with previously. And that's really important for us because we've always been able to see the, the traffic that comes into our site and we could see that it was coming from all over the country. And the little bit of the, the frustration that we had was that that traffic was coming in, but we didn't have the properties to show to that, to yeah. that traffic. And so people were coming to our website, not registering and then leaving. And, you know, we, we kind of considered that to be a bit of a lost lead or, or a bit of a waste. Whereas now we've got more and more properties on the site that those databases and those, those, those that, that audience that we have in those different parts of the country is already starting to grow. Um, so, yeah, like I say, we're, we're, we're there as the, as the next best thing, I think, to the help to buy agent portals or, in some respects, better than the help to buy agent portals in some of the things that we do. Um, but, yeah, just, just, just as that, you know, what is that, what, where is that place that if, if you're a shared ownership buyer, you should look? Um, and, yeah, we're, we're doing everything we can to make sure that that's the shared to buy website, really. And, and that's right. if there's any providers that are listening that we don't work with. Um, by all means, give us a shout and we can talk about, you know, how we can how we can work with you and help you get some leads for your properties. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. So, Nick, it's been a, a, a fascinating interview and a really good insight into share to buy and how you've got into the sector as well. So we're going to share your uh, contact details uh, in the show notes so people can connect with you and uh, you, for every, for the listeners, you'll find this podcast on Spotify, Apple, and on our website, sochat.co.uk. Uh, and if you do listen on Spotify and Apple, please leave a rating and review, hit the follow and subscribe button to keep up to date with any new episodes as they go live. And you can also follow us on Twitter at SochatHour. So Nick, uh, it's been a pleasure. Amy, as always, it's been a fascinating chat. So um, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, loved it. Thank you. Yeah.